Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sara Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host Sara Davison shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sara Davison. Welcome back to the show. And today, my guest is somebody who's been through a really tough breakup. Now, this is a real life, true story that this lady has been through. She has really struggled and she wanted to share her story with you so that you could hopefully draw some strength from what she's going through. And if any of her story resonates, then I'm here to give some coaching advice to her too and answer her questions. So please welcome my guest, Helen, to the show. Welcome, Helen. Hi, Sarah. Nice to see you. Yeah, lovely. Thank you so much for being here. Now, just tell us before we get started into your story, why have you decided to share your story with my listeners? Well, I listen to your podcast a lot and I really got a lot out of your last um, podcast you did with Kerry. Um, I felt she was a bit further down the road than I was. Um, I'm sort of a year on from discovering my husband's affair. Um, I'm dealing with some aspects well. I'm not dealing with other aspects so well. I feel a little bit stuck and I thought it'd be really good to come to you for some help. And also I've listened to other people's stories and it's really helped me along the way. So if me sharing my experience can help someone else as well, then that would be fantastic too. Oh, that's really lovely. And I do agree with you that you know, we all learn from real life stories, I think. And, you know, all the advice that hopefully I'm going to share with you later when, when you've shared your story, I'm sure will resonate with lots of people on lots of different levels. So thank you, because I know you will be helping many of my listeners today. So would you like to start with your story and tell us a little bit about what happened to you? Yes, so it was around this time last year. It was Good Friday um, in 2020 and we were just about three weeks into lockdown. Um, so my husband was working from home. I was homeschooling the kids um, and my work had all dried up because I was self-employed. So quite a stressful time anyway. But in the, in the morning of Good Friday, I awoke with my phone pinging beside my bed. And it was someone trying to send me a message on Instagram. It was someone who wasn't connected with me. So it was asking permission for this person to speak to me. So I opened the message and it wasn't what I was expecting at all. Um, it was a message that said, I am so sorry to do this to you, but you need to ask Ben about his relationship with Becky and how long it's been going on for. Don't let them tell you it's just work because it's not and you deserve better. So I was absolutely dumbstruck. But if I'm honest, Sarah, I wasn't thinking, oh God, my husband's having an affair. I actually thought, no, this, this must be some sort of mistake. You know, he wouldn't do this. You know, he's a man of really kind of strong morals, very principled. And if I'm honest, my first thought was, oh, you know, he's crossed someone at work and they're trying to get their own back and, and this must be nonsense. So. I went downstairs, he was in the shower getting ready for work and waited on him coming out 
And he saw that my face was really white when he came out of the shower and he said, are you okay? And I said, well, not really. I've just had this message. Showed him my phone and again, really expected him to explain it away. And he didn't. His first words were, well, it's not an affair, but we've become very close. And I was like, what? (laughs) And at that point, obviously, the doubt really did creep in. I was like, what are you talking about? So to give you the background, this woman was someone that he worked with. He is her boss. Um, He manoeuvred her into his team. He had talked a lot about her at home, saying, you know, what a bright spark she was, how she was making his job easier. And I thought this was all great because he's got a really high-powered, stressful job. I thought that was brilliant. Um, Except I hadn't realised it had gone a lot further than he was making out. So when I then said to him, you've been sitting on your phone lots, is it her that you've been sitting messaging of an evening? And he just quietly nodded his head and looked down. So at that point, I demanded to see his phone and he reluctantly handed his phone over. And that's when everything became very apparently clear. Um, Went into WhatsApp, loads of messages, loads of flirty messages, scrolled up further. There were pictures of my children that he was sending to her on family days out that the four of us had had just weeks before. Um, scrolled up further and they're sharing little jokes and then I came across a video of her sent to him. Um, Now three weeks previously when we'd gone into lockdown he told me that this woman was really anxious about lockdown, how she would homeschool her children and work at the same time. He said he was going to go and give her a call to try and reassure her and I said that's really nice, That'll, that'll really help. So it turned out that call actually went quite differently to what I'd imagined he was on the phone to her for an hour in her spare room. And this video that I found that morning was one that she'd sent him that night after their call. She's videoing herself in her bed, wearing a little spaghetti strap nighty, saying, it was so lovely to talk to you tonight. I just feel so much better. I hope you know that I love you so much. And it was so lovely to hear that you love me too. Wow. How did you feel with that? Oh my God, I just felt absolutely sick to my stomach. And by that point I was crying and I said to him, are you sleeping with this woman? And he said, yes. And I said, so it is an affair then? And he said, yes. That must have been so hard to hear. So what happened next? It was, um, well, my kids were still upstairs asleep and we've got two primary school age girls and I went down and got my car keys and left the house and went over to my best friends and phoned her on the way to tell her what had happened and my instinct when I got there Sarah wasn't oh my god I'm going to kick him out it was oh my god I have to save my family how has this happened this happens to other people, this doesn't happen to me, absolutely hit me like a truck. I never in a million years thought he would cheat on me. It was hideous. Um, So my default position was to save my marriage, to save my family. And after I came home, we worked on it for about seven months. He continued to lie to me. Um, he was telling me that he wouldn't see this woman apart from on work calls and that 
you know, we would try to see if we could make things work. But at no point was there ever the sort of things that I craved. I wanted them to be craving for, you know, begging forgiveness. Why did I do this? I'm so sorry. How could I have done this to you? Instead, from day one, it was very much turned around to be my fault. Um, that he didn't think what he'd done was wrong because he just presumed that I didn't love him anymore. And that why would I be hurt by that? Because I clearly didn't have feelings for him. He very much manipulated the situation to try and make it seem as if it was my fault. There was months of gaslighting that followed. It was just horrendous. Gosh, so how did you manage to keep in the relationship with this going on? Well, he told me that she was out of the picture and for about six weeks after the discovery, we talked a lot and we talked more than we had done in years, actually. Um, I read every book on the subject I could get my hands on. Um, I read Esther Perel's book about affairs and liked what she was talking about, that you could recover after an affair and did you want a second marriage but with the same person? And it's very much operating on, on that sort of premise thinking, you know, we will be one of these couples that makes it through this. We will not split up. This will be recoverable. Um, but he was lying to me all the way. Um, I became an absolute shadow of myself. You know, I'm quite an assertive woman. Um, I'm, I'm quite articulate and can see how I feel. I became what I called shaky phone lady. Um not once in our 12-year marriage had I ever picked up his phone to look or snoop and I became obsessed by knowing what was going on in his phone because the, the whole thing had been unfolding on that phone under my nose without me knowing about it. I um, found emails, I found um, letters that they'd written to each other, photographs that they'd swapped. Um, I found a receipt for... Um, he booked an, a hotel room for the two of them on his hotel reward scheme points so that it didn't show up on our joint credit card statement. The level of deception was just appalling. And all the time, the few friends that I told are telling me, all of these signs just show that you should not be putting up with this. You don't deserve this behaviour. And I could hear the words that they were saying. And I knew it's the words I would be saying to them if they were in that position. But I couldn't take it on. I was an absolute shadow of the woman that I normally am. Mm. Trying to mould myself into what I thought he wanted me to be. I just was a mess, basically. Yeah, but you know, this is so normal. What you're describing is exactly what we go through when we discover our partners having an affair. It's part of the lost cycle where, first of all, it's denial, where... You pretend it's not happening to you and you don't actually usually tell that many people because talking about it makes it more real. Yeah, And then we go into this sort of shock and anger and then then the bargaining phase, which is where we try, try and change ourselves to fit in to keep the relationship alive. Um, and, and that is very normal human reaction to what you were going through. So please know that that, that is you know, textbook response, there's nothing wrong with you for doing that. And and sometimes we can beat ourselves up because our friends are telling us one thing, but for some reason, you know, we can't seem to take that on board, even though it sounds like it's good advice. You know, we can kind of beat ourselves up going, well, I know I should be doing that. I should be doing that. But right now, 
I can't. And that's why, because you're in that loss cycle and you're working through that process. And, you know, it is bewildering. Having been there myself, it is absolutely bewildering when you didn't see it coming, you didn't suspect it. So, yeah, I mean, that must have been super hard for you. But it sounds like you you kept going because you had a belief that you wanted to save the family and that's what you were focused on doing. So when did that change? What happened next? Through the, the summer months, um, there was a change that he said he really wanted to try and save it. And the big change there was that I said I would move across the country with him. He wanted to leave our house in the city and move to a place by the sea. And it involved moving me and the kids sort of 70 miles away from everything that we know, all our friends, all our support network. And I was agreeing to do it because I would have done anything to save this marriage. And he was very clever about it. He told me that I had the veto on it at the last minute, you know, if I wanted to change my mind. We went as far as actually buying a house. We had an offer in on a big dream house that he wanted. And about six weeks later, I realised this is the wrong thing. I cannot do this. I'm moving the location of the problems. I'm not solving the problems. And to add insult to injury as well, this was a house that he had shared with his affair partner. Um, she had written a big essay about how she saw her living there with him, with his children and her children. And she didn't know, but he'd bought this house with me. And I was agreeing to this. That I think this shows you what my state of mind was like. Wow. Um, yeah. I should add as well that the woman he had an affair with is a single mum with two kids and her own marriage broke up because her husband cheated on her and she thought nothing of inflicting that pain on another woman. I mean, don't get me wrong, I blame him obviously more than I blame her, but I still struggle with that one. I don't know how any woman could do that to another woman. So, yeah, absolutely. And I hear that a lot. You know, I do hear that a lot. And you know, when you are suffering from heartbreak, it is very hard to sort of even understand why someone would do that and how someone could take part in something that is destroying another family, I guess. And, you know, usually there's another side to the story that maybe they're not told the same story that is actually the reality. So sometimes not that, ex that excuses it, um, because I think it, everyone has the responsibility to really fact check and find out what's going on. But sometimes you just don't know. Sometimes people are living double lives, saying things that you know aren't true, um, just so that they can win over the affections of somebody else. So, yeah, but I mean, it is a really difficult thing, especially if that's happened to her. You know, you think, gosh, you don't ever want to inflict that pain on anyone else. But yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody's different, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the house sale fell through because, you know, I said I didn't want to move any longer. And at that point, he changed irreversibly. Um, he all the best answer he could give me was that he didn't know if he wanted to still be in our marriage because basically he wasn't getting what he wanted anymore. He wasn't getting his big dream move and moving away from my support network, who obviously knew what had happened and he didn't want to have to face the music, basically. So he went into a sort of depression. I was supporting him through that and I am running him baths and I am calling his friends, asking if they will come and support him. Um, I never got any of that from him when I found out about the affair, but I'm going into caring mode for him. He's detaching further and further. 
And all the time there is still contact with this woman because I'm finding it on his phone. And um, this other woman contacted me as well by email to tell me that I shouldn't be in what she said was a loveless marriage and that actually a split would be good for me. So she was giving me relationship advice, which I thought was quite rich. Goodness so, me, that is quite shocking. That really is quite shocking to actually email you and tell you those things. How did you cope with that? I did probably the one of the most irrational things that I've done throughout all of it, which was I picked up the phone and I called her because I had her number from his phone. And I thought, I'm not getting into email tennis with this woman. I just phoned her and picked her up on the first line of the email to me, which she'd said, I'm sorry for being the other woman in your marriage. And I called her and I said, don't dare tell me you're sorry for being the other woman in my marriage. You don't care about being the other woman in my marriage. You would never have done this if that was a problem for you. Um, you know, you've helped to break up a family here and it's time for you to go now. Um, she was adamant that uh, she loved him. She told me how much she loved my husband. Um, yeah, it was just, it was surreal. It was utterly surreal to actually speak to this woman on the phone. So did she take any responsibility or apologise or show any empathy for you at all? I did ask her how she could do it when she'd had the same thing done to her. And she said that she'd thought long and hard about it, but that she loved him more than that mattered to her. She loved him more than it mattered to her about hurting me. Goodness me. I mean, when did she start to think about it then? After she was in love with him, that's kind of a yeah. back-to-front way of going about it. But yeah. okay, so enough about her because this is about you. Yeah. So where are you at now? What happened between there and now and, and what's the situation now? So after the house sale idea is put to the side, um, he goes into this depression and doesn't come back from that and doesn't show any glimmers from there on in that he wants to save the marriage. I find things in his work diary, that he's looking at properties to rent. Um, he's lying to me about going to view properties. He's looking for his escape route. And I lasted another couple of months after that. And finally, in October 2020, I just felt I couldn't take any more. I was absolutely ill. I'd lost two stone in two months. I'd gone from a size 10 down to a size 6. All of my friends were really deeply worried about me wasn't sleeping, started taking antidepressants, which I'm still on. My skin was awful. My hair was starting to fall out. It's just horrendous. So the, all the physical signs were there as well as all the mental anguish. And I just, it was like a, a switch was flicked. And I thought, I can't do this anymore. I'm living in my house with a complete stranger. I am shaky phone lady who is constantly checking up on him. What sort of future is this? Even if I can get by the affair, would, will I ever, ever trust him again not to do this? And the answer was no, I couldn't. I couldn't rebuild that trust. He, he had to want to rebuild that trust and he wasn't doing anything to do that. So I came downstairs on the morning of, of Halloween, it was. Um, Good Friday and Halloween, I like my sort of signature days, don't I? And just said are you still looking at properties? Because I know you have been. And he just said, yes. And I said, I think you should look for somewhere to live. And that was it. He was gone an hour later. An hour later? Goodness yep. me. Okay. 
that's it for today's episode. Do join me for part two of Helen's true story in my next episode.